Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We love saving you money and we love companies trying to save the world. That's why we've got some new information about Ball and their manufacturing plant in Golden. Currently, they're looking for production technicians. You can read their full description. Apply at jobs.ball.com by searching for Golden. They're starting you off at $27 per hour with potential for increase at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. You get comprehensive insurance, active the day of hire, 401k for retirement, stock purchase ownership program, and even potential for an annual bonus. There are some major benefits for working for a company like Ball. And now you can apply to a position at jobs.ball.com, search for Golden, or even text Golden to 77222. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee is going to improve the quality of your morning since it's rich in CBD as well as CBG. It can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, or six weeks. Whatever you need helps with chronic headaches, helps with joint pains, IBS, other things as well. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR at StravaCraftCoffee.com. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And joining me today is, I think for the fifth time on Dude, the show, great he's friend like a of the pod. Or something. Come on. Five Timers Club. You are exactly. a member. If Tom Hanks can do it, come on. I'm just saying. So, yeah. Now, if, if you hadn't already been on the show so much, people may have thought that we have a big announcement about DNVR purchasing Rocks Pile or the other way around. I, I don't know how, you know, with the New York Times purchasing the Athletic. About that, huh? It's all fair really? play. It, it is, and you never know what big news is going to break. And I have a feeling it's going to be one of the two of us who will do it. I'm just throwing it out there. We should. Maybe Purple Road buys both of us. I mean, that Which would is be possible. the biggest swerve. <laughs> that could be the biggest swerve. Well, it's interesting because Ken Rosenthal lost one job, or rather lost employment over at MLB Network. And now I, I guess maybe he's working for the New York Times as well. So it worked out for him. It's such a weird thing because everybody was like, oh, poor Ken. And I'm like, you know, he's still got plenty of other things he's doing. It's not like he's, uh, you know, going to be out at the Boca King Supers asking for money anytime soon. So he's, he's going to be all right. I thought it was an interesting power move, in a sense, by Rob Manfred. Like, is how much of it was a, as a message to Ken Rosenthal? And how much was it a message to the players that, look, we're not messing around. And we don't mind being the bad guys a little bit. If it was a power move for that, he galvanized the players, I think, as much as anything, because the amount of support that got shown for Ken after that, you know, I saw Stroman, I know our, our old friend Tyler Matzik, there's a lot of folks who took to Twitter and social media saying that was the wrong move. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we're going to get to a couple of things, talk about a lot of Kevin's articles he's been putting out over at Rock's Pile on fan-sided, great work, you and Noah Yingling doing a wonderful job over there. We'll have some interesting fun facts, and then the big topic where could the next field of dreams be located and where could it be in Colorado if that were the case? But we should start things off, start the story off with Trevor Story. You wrote about an interesting location for Trevor Story to go, a team that we saw last offseason, add a lot of payroll and really improve their roster. They went to the postseason. Yeah. They went outside the box in a sense by bringing in a retired manager, a Hall of Fame manager in Tony La Russa. Yeah. But could Trevor Story be a guy who fixes the White Sox infield situation going think, forward? And you think maybe? I think maybe, but there's a lot that has to go right with that. I mean, obviously, they've already got, got a guy in place in shortstop and a pretty darn good guy at that, let's be perfectly honest here. 
So would Trevor Story be willing to move over to second base? And the thing that I keep reading over and over, and, and I'm sure you've probably read it as well, is that a lot of scouts are curious about his arm after last season. And is it as strong? Is it still going to be a shortstop caliber arm? Or does he need to make that transition over to the other side of the double play combo and take over to second? If that's the case, the White Sox check a lot of the boxes that Trevor told us back in Arizona he wanted to look for. Winning team, built for the postseason already. The only thing it doesn't really check is that whole geography thing that Trevor said was so important to him. So there, there's the only outlier. But on a lot of other surfaces, it makes sense if he's willing to move to second and if the White Sox are willing to take that chance. Yeah, there are definitely some big ifs there, I think, with – the White Sox, you know, they already have $108 million on the books for 2023. So they've, but again, it's a lot of young players that really are, are underpriced in a lot of ways. John Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, like we've, we've seen those guys, what they're going to be making going forward. So I don't, I don't know if they have enough play, a payroll flexibility for that, but maybe a more short-term deal certainly yeah. could fit. And like you said, that's really the biggest question is, would he be willing to move off of shortstop? And, you know, again, no player wants to be told or forced off of the position Absolutely. that he loves. And and I think Trevor Story would be a top three gold glove finalist next year if he was a shortstop for somebody. I think he absolutely would. But at the same time, I think his priority is to win right now. So I, I think he would be willing to move over to second base. And, you know, don't forget the Mariners were talking about that with him before the lockout ever happens. And, you know, I know there was even some talk at the last trade deadline about would Trevor move to second base. So it's not like this is some brand new, you know, I just invented plutonium type of thing. This has happened, you know, for quite some time. There's been those whispers moving about. And I'm really curious after the lockout, A, where he signs, and B, where he plays on the diamond. He's definitely going to be a finalist for the gold glove if he's over at second base. I just think that's an easier position to make an impact defensively for a shortstop. If there's questions about his arms, his arm, I don't know if going to Seattle would be a fit to replace Kyle Seager. Adam Frazier is over right. there right now at second base after that trade with the Padres before the lockout. So he's less attractive as a candidate as a third baseman than a second baseman, but I, I think Trevor Story would be fine over at third base, and I think – you know, all he has to do is pick up the phone and call his buddy Nolan for a couple tricks of the trade, and he'd be totally fine. And, and you know what? I, I will tell you, the, the athlete that you and I both know Trevor Story is, he'd be fine in center field. I mean, you know, you could put the guy anywhere on the diamond, and he's going to excel and show uh, his athleticism. But I, I think you're right. I think if there's really those whispers out there about his arm, for a team to take him at third base, that's a huge risk. And I, I just don't see that as much as I do uh, moving him uh, on the other side of the diamond there in a second. He can play maybe outfield. He's a shortstop that can play other spots in the infield. He sounds a lot like Ian Desmond here to a degree. <laughs> There's that potential. No. There he is. There is. And somewhere the Rockies fans, their, their blood just curdled a little bit with you saying that. But, you know, you're exactly right. I can see as Trevor's career goes along him being that versatile chris taylor dare i say that name type of guy who could play a lot of places on the diamond and make an impact he's that good of an athlete incredibly athletic yeah arenado said that you know story has more power he's more athletic and again we're talking about a first ballot hall of famer and nolan arenado another location that could be a fit that would move him over to second base and we saw this organization do it last year with a shortstop that signed with Texas, and that's the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Now, they reportedly made an offer to Corey Seager before he signed to Texas, and I think they even had an opportunity to to possibly match that offer by the Rangers, but was just too rich for their blood, and I think you understand why. But they had Marcus Simeon last year, moved him over to second base with Bo Bichette at shortstop. I think Toronto could be one of those sneaky locations if they don't come together on a deal with Freddie Freeman, who does have that Canadian connection. I think. Maybe they, their target becomes Freddie Freeman. It's weird to think that a first baseman's market could impact Trevor Story's market, yeah. but when you're looking at in the upper echelon free agents, I think I think those two guys could be connected, at least in regards to Toronto's concern. 
I, I think you're right. And I think it's a lot like you and I have talked about previously. You know, I think other dominoes are going to have to fall before Trevor Story signs, whether that's a Correa, whether that's a Freeman, it depends on the team. But I think the market's going to shake out a little bit once the lockout ends, you know, July 4th or whenever that's going to be. Uh, I think that we're going to let that shake out a little bit. And that's when Trevor will probably sign. I have a feeling and I, I'd put down a sizable bet if somebody were asking me that Correa will sign before Story does. Yeah, I think that that definitely makes a lot of sense. Sticking with the NL West, Cody Bellinger got a $17 million deal. It's in his, I think he's, he's third year arbitration eligible. I think he might have been a super two player. Um, wise decision, major gamble to pay a guy like Cody Bellinger, who was ultimately one of the worst players uh, yeah. over the full season last year to give him that much money what was been your what was your take on that because I, I did see you write an article about that i, I did and my take, my take was that if bellinger hadn't done as well in the postseason as he did i'm not sure the dodgers would have taken that gamble uh because there's a lot of money that they could have put that salary toward now it's weird to think about the dodgers giving up on bellinger because that was the choice either resign him or you dfa him you let him go and you know somebody would have snapped him up in a heartbeat and taken a chance on a reclamation project. But I think had that postseason not happened and Bellinger started reverting back to his MVP form, it would have been a lot tougher to suit for the Dodgers, let's just say. And because he's not very far removed from being an MVP and having you know a very successful career at the start of it, that you can look and say, well, all right, even if he were to be designated for assignment, right, under that scenario that you put out there, yeah, another team at $13, $14 million, that's still a lot of money. So for the Dodgers to maybe pay an overage of $3, $4 million to keep him around, uh, of course they're going to do that. He's their guy. And he also is going to have another year of team control after 2022. So you can still say, all right, well, we're, we might maybe be overpaying him right now, but there is that chance that we're going to get him for a discount again in year six. And because he's got to go through the arbitration process, you know, as a free agent, he's worth maybe 30, 35 million, but we're only going to have to pay him $21 million, let's say in 2023. I mean, if you look at everything that the Dodgers have done right, it, it would have been a huge misstep for them to give up on Cody Bellinger. So I, I, I can't imagine that that was even an option in their mind, just knowing how many hits they have had through the recent years, especially. Uh, but I, I think that, as you said, they're in a position as a franchise, if they need to overpay by three, four million to take a chance on something, they're in a lot better situation to do that than other franchises would be. And, and that's the benefit of being the Dodgers, right? And they went over that collective bargaining tax. Like they, they went over that by a lot. And I forget what the number was, but, you know, an extra like $40 million. I don't, I don't know if you have the number, but they, they basically just had to pay a tax on going yeah. over. And that's, that's not that big of a deal. I think it was even way less than that. So if, if they're willing to do that again, you understand the, the power that you have when you've got that much of a, of a payroll and, and your budget really knows no limits. And with the, with the change potentially in the next CBA, those penalties could get, you know, even less and less. And you say, Hey, it's, it's worth it to pay those taxes because what we end up losing or whatever the penalty is, we can make up for it. If you're, if you're getting penalized draft picks, well, we're doing great in the draft. So okay. what's the big deal? And, and that's the thing. If you look at what the Dodgers spent and if they were to sign a qualifying offer, a guy with a qualifying offer attached to him, they would have to give up a second and fifth pick. Uh, you know, their second, fifth highest picks. So, but does that matter as much to the Dodgers as it does the Rockies? I'm not sure that it really does. They've been able to hit so well in recent drafts and, and so many other ways through trades and free agency and everything else. And they're a destination that people want to come to. So even if they miss out on a couple of draft picks, ultimately, you know, like you were alluding to, I don't know that it really hurts the Dodgers that much. And you can trade the competitive balance draft picks. So again, the Dodgers can go out and say, all right, well, look, yeah, we lost our second pick, but we can go and just buy one from someone else or, you know, knock on the right door and say, look, you've got that contract on the books that you really want to get rid of. We'll just take it off your hands and just give us a, a draft pick in exchange. We'll give you some low level minor leaguer and it's a win-win situation. So that financial levity that they have is, is so huge. 
And so huge is going to be the tailgate, the final one of the year down on the corner of 18th and Federal, right behind Sports Fan. It's the final game of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. And breaking, Kevin and I will be there. Cannot wait, man. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. We're going to be chowing down on some sexy pizza. All you can drink, Breckenridge Brewery. You can get your ticket for that at dnvrlocker.com. You can even get a ticket on the DNVR Broncos shuttle. So you park over at the bar on the corner of Colfax and York at 10 a.m. You hang out for an hour, have a much larger beer if you're a member, and the shuttle will take you over to the stadium. You don't have to worry about parking, paying for that, and Uber with the surcharge, all that stuff. You can hang out with Kevin and I with the all-you-can-eat sexy pizza. By the way, special this weekend. 20% off from Saturday through next Wednesday with code SEXYDNVR, 20% off any of their Denver and Trinidad, Colorado locations. So we're going to be doing that on Saturday. If you want to come down to any of the watch parties for Nuggets and Avs, as well as Rams and Buffs, college basketball is really starting to heat up. You can do that. Check the schedule online. If you want to become a member, it's only 50 cents for your first month at the DNVR. Com. If you want an annual membership, you get a free shirt at dnvrlocker.com as well. 3 to 6 p.m. drink specials, appetizer discounts down at the bar if you're in the area and you want a good time. Good time for me is good dental care. The first step towards your good health is taking care of your mouth. It's really true. And the folks at Green Mountain Dental Group have been pivotal in keeping those of us at DNVR in great shape. Same is true for our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. So schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. As I said, final week of the season, week 18, Broncos, Chiefs, it's the final week of the pro football regular season. And college football is heading into their national championship. And DraftKings Sportsbook has got an unbelievable offer to get all fans in on the action for this exciting time on the football calendar. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Don't miss out on this action. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get in on the NFL action with same game parlays. What that is, is you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. So the more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. And new customers can bet just $5 on any football team, college or pro, and win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. A couple new managerial changes. Marcotte in at Oakland. Buck Showalter in Baltimore. Wayne Kirby is going to be Showalter's first base coach. Eric Chavez as hitting coach. I bring that up because Wayne Kirby's got a Colorado connection. Didn't play for the Rockies, but did play for two seasons for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. Sky Sox. Love yes. Them. They were a Cleveland affiliate at the time. It was This was pre-Rockies. And I remember as a kid visiting some family down in the Springs, and they had a little clinic where the players were, were training some young kids, and Wayne Kirby showed some cool drills. Uh, I got to play catch with Jerry DePoto. There were one or two other guys. No, That's nobody else with a great as a of a, ba- a baseball legacy as Wayne Kirby and Jerry Depoto. I say that jokingly, but hey, those are baseball lifers. Those are good ones right there. To be honest with you, that's something I want to see you go to Seattle and say, "Hey, Jerry, you want to have a catch?" You know, I mean, just to, for old times' sake. Come on. You know, I can drop that. I did go to high school right down the street from his high school in Tom Zerver. Now we're not the same age, great. but he went graduate of Tom Zerver North. Another one of those Tom Zerver kids, along with Todd Frazier and. Yeah, it's it's a booming and burgeoning baseball community down there at, at the Jersey Shore. Nevertheless, I need my Major League Baseball, so I had to move to Denver. <laughs> One interesting wrinkle, two things with the Angels going on. One is Adam Eaton. I don't know if you heard this, but he finished up with the Angels after being released by the White Sox and played 25 games there. You know, he's towards the end of his career. They've been talking about bringing him in as a coach. However, they can't they can't talk with him. Because he's still a major league free agent. So weird. How strange of a situation is that? Like the one guy that it impacts where, you know, do I or don't I? And he 
you know, they're interested in him, but yeah. I don't think there's any way to facilitate that. They might just have to wait for the lockout to end before they can make him make such an announcement. And I don't know if you've heard, but the Mets have been teasing their new bench coach. And they've said that they're, it's going to be a headline grabbing, exciting hire. But here's the catch. We don't know who it is, but they say that they have to go through some tricky contract negotiations to get there. So are they looking at somebody like an Adam Eaton that is a currently an MLB wow. player, maybe? I know. I had not heard that. I hadn't heard that. It is strange, too. I don't know what that says, if, if that's a lockout thing. But, like, exciting. Like, you don't – your bench coach should be the most boring guy. Not you know, exciting. We love Mike Redmond. Don't get us wrong here. But yeah. let's be honest. You know, if, if, Mike, if the Mike Redmond announcement happened, we'd be like, eh, okay. That – who – Mike Piazza, like he, this, he's not, he's untethered. I mean, you could just sign him and get that deal done. Okay. Let me throw one out at you. Yeah. Adam Jones. Interesting. So got the connection Great. with yes. Walter. Yep. Connection from Baltimore. And if I remember right, he's still under contract with a Japanese team. Mm-hmm. So. I forget who he was with. If he was with, um, the Oryx Blue Wave. No, that's not even a team anymore. Now that's I know defunct Japanese <laughs> team. Right <laughs> um, or wait, no, he he wasn't with the Yamiuri Giants. But wow, I like that. I'm gonna be spinning my wheels all day to try. I know. I, I've been doing that, that as well. I wrote up something for Call of the Pen on that, and I've been going, who could it be? You know, that, that makes team. sense. Orioles connection with Buck, still somewhat of an active player. Yeah. But it's funny whenever whenever I read that about Eaton, and then you mentioned it, I was like, you know, could are they looking at somebody who's still technically a free agent? I'd be curious. And there are players who retire, but they don't make that announcement. Like if you've ever looked on Baseball Reference or some sources, their names will still be in bold, and you're like, this this guy hasn't played yeah. in a couple of years, <laughs> but I I guess they haven't officially retired. You well, know, like, you know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like Adrian Gonzalez, we haven't seen him in a couple of years. Is he? Would he still technically be part of? I mean, I don't think he'd be. He's the guy, but he's just a random name that only retired recently. But did he actually retire? I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, they're as soon as they get through all that contract, they're going to make that announcement. And yeah, that's been my head spinner the whole day. Is who could that be? And I've landed on Jones. You know, I've seen some people throw out David Wright, but I don't know whether it'd be a tricky contract negotiation in there. So yeah, where's the hiccup? Yeah. Yeah. I, the only thing, if it was, it, it could be like a David Wright, like if he has some kind of contract with, you know, if, if he's like a sports analyst with a company or something yeah. like that. Awesome. Keith Hernandez. Keith that Hernandez. That would be interesting. Now, now, maybe that's a thought. All right. That's, that's who I'm going with. I'm going there with you Keith. Go. All right. That's a good one. I do like, I do like your Adam Jones. So the other thing that the Angels did, they actually did something. They hired a guy. This is a very Angels thing to do. They hired a guy out of their front office. Ray Montgomery played a little bit in the late 90s. Not a name I, I know terribly well. But I, I find it strange. A guy who has zero big league coaching experience goes from the suit to the uniform down on the field. Look, they're, they're, you're going to have interesting coaching hires. And if it works, it works. Look at the Giants last year where they brought in a record number of coaches. And you say, ah, there's going to be too many cooks in the kitchen. But I think you could see a way in which that would work, where there's going to be more opportunities for players to make connections with coaches, more one-on-one time. This, I look, it could work, but it it seems a very Angels thing to do. It does, and I I wonder what the player reaction will be to that, knowing that you know this is somebody that hasn't played, hasn't been in their shoes. So, what kind of reaction are you going to get if this person's giving you advice or saying try this? You know, I, I flash back to George Costanza trying to give him hitting tips there with the Yankees. You know. <laughs> I, I'd be real curious what the reaction is going to be, but you're right. It was a real surprising move. And, and I know a lot of teams are looking for the next thing, what some way to shake it up, whatever it might be in my head though. I'm not sure if that's really it. No. If do you remember, uh, it's almost a decade ago at this point in 2013, Dan Jennings, he was the GM of the Marlins Okay. And he basically appointed himself the manager. He fired our guy, Red. He fired yes. Mike Redman. Yes. And he managed exactly the final 124 games of the season. Weird. Again, very Marlins type thing to do. You can think outside the box. And, and you know, maybe I, I don't think it's biased, but look, there are some teams that can get away with trying things. 
but that's because when they try things, it, it has a tendency of working more times than not. Teams like the Angels, the Marlins, a couple other teams you and I might be able to think of, when they do things differently, it might not be supported with the same amount of evidence, and therefore it, it typically falls flat and just looks a little silly. Well, and you know, there's been so much talk about, you know, whenever Jeter took over the Marlins, would he ever put the uniform back on as a coach, you know, executive, whatever that might be. I can see that because I can see if I'm a guy, sure, I'll listen to Derek Jeter. Absolutely, I will. But (laughs) I'm not so sure if it was just uh, me walking in there. I'm not sure if everybody go, oh, yeah, I'm in for that. Sure. Let's have a little fun. Fanatics bought tops. I think $500 million was the total. Talked about it earlier this week on a previous podcast. Check that out. We're got to know, were you ever a big sports card collector growing up? You know, I, I was, but it was more on the football side of things, to be honest with really? you. Yeah, I did more on the, I did more on the football side growing up. Uh, I, and, and, you know, as weird as this sounds, a lot of it was because of getting addicted to the Madden games and everything else. I got a lot more into the football trading side of things than I did. Uh, Cause there was, if I remember right, there was actually a Madden card trading series that was out there. And if I remember right, I started trying to hunt those things down and went down the rabbit hole. And I'm pretty sure that if you ask my wife, she'd wonder why I've still got most of them downstairs in my basement. So next time you come over, we'll sort through uh, and, and you can uh, see the see the collection down there. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like when you look at older baseball cards, you see what the uniforms look like. You see the, the facial hair and you go like, wow, that looks dated same thing with the football card you see the punter with just oh the god. one bar and you go with cte and everything you're like oh my god why even bother wearing a helmet seriously yes and and you know whenever they pulled it off and some of those you know conrad dobler looks and everything else and the, you know the merlin olsen the big uh you know it's just yeah. like no that, that wouldn't work in today's environment i don't think all right speaking of old school you had a, a fun article on on betty white rest in peace and that. and I I found a Babe Ruth connection, but share what yours was because I again thought this was again interesting, timely, and you go Betty White. What does was there some episode of Golden Girls where they went to spring training? It's actually it's actually way better than that. Well, and and it was not me that discovered it. It was just me that wrote about it. But a guy figured out that after Betty White was born, uh, Babe Ruth had still hit over 500 home runs while she was still while she was an infant course you know but it, it just that little factoid has caught on with so many people who read that and it just was a testament to her longevity as well as like you said i think all of us love those kind of crossover things you know and i know a lot of people joked after i wrote the article well barry bonds hit all his after she was born too well okay you know sure he did <laughs> <You're excited. laughs> i had thought of that yes but you know it's not as cool to say babe ruth actually did so yes yeah, the, the caveat is you have to be born while he was an active player exactly you know, 1922 we... so uh, yeah that really puts it in perspective uh, in in a major way yeah and, and it was it was really cool i wrote something um earlier this week and and i was doing a lot of research about his last Babe Ruth's last uh, year in the majors, uh, you know, with, with Boston, with the Braves there, and, and just kind of how he was this almost sideshow, for lack of a better term, you know, but he still finished in a very few amount of games. And I don't remember off the top of my head. He still finished second on the team in homers. So I was I like, think, you know. Yeah, Babe, he still had a three-home run game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think they signed him more for show than anything else, and yeah, he proved that he still got some sock. Yeah, he, you know, he's was a, a sensitive guy, I think, than, than more people realize because he was aware of people that would try to take advantage of him. I think I think the Brooklyn Dodgers, once his playing career was over, they were like, Yeah, no, well, well you can be our first base coach and and really they just they wanted to run him out there just as uh, as a sideshow and not really give him an opportunity because he wanted to stay in the game. He want he wanted to play. What was your Babe Ruth thing? I'm very curious. Oh, my Babe Ruth thing. Yes, I, I didn't get to that. So uh, I decided to do the little six degrees of separation, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I thought, well, Babe Ruth was in movies. So Betty White, Babe Ruth, how far you got to go? And there are a lot of different options, but I, luckily I was able to find some more notable actors that paired together. So two degrees of separation. Babe Ruth was in The Life and Times of Hank Greenberg, which okay. also starred Walter Matthau of, of Grumpier and Grumpier Old Men. So some of the younger viewers may be familiar with Walter Matthau. 
He was in Lonely Are the Braves with George Kennedy, who I believe was in the Naked Gun movies. So there's, another, there's a baseball connection there. Absolutely. He was Leslie Nielsen's sidekick. And George Kennedy was in Dennis the Menace Strikes Again with Betty White. Boom. Well done. I like that. I like that too. And I and I also like Lightshade. And I love telling you guys about one of our new partners here with the Relief and Recovery Creams from Escape Artist. It's the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado because it prioritizes quality and consistency. Escape Artist produces these creams that help penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort. Great for workout, pairs really well with Strava Craft Coffee. And that's because it's fast absorbing. Plus it's not greasy. It's not going to stain your clothes or your sheets, nothing like that. And the best part is you can find these recovery creams from Escape Artists at your local Lightshade dispensary. There's 10 in the metro area, soon to be 11. Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And now podcast listeners, you can get 25% off. Yes, a quarter of the price taken right off the top from non-sale items with code DNVR. You can shop online at lightshade.com. You can shop online at lightshade.com for your pickup or just visit a Lightshade location near you, 10 in the Denver metro area. Use code DNVR for 25% off non-sale items. Your Colorado rugby team is back again, but now they're the American Raptors. If you haven't heard of the American Raptors yet, they're a top-notch group of athletes who've already competed at the highest level of their respective sports. We're talking soccer, wrestling, track and field, even football, basketball, and baseball. Our guy Colton Strickler has got it all covered for you on this week's DNVR Rugby Podcast. It comes out each and every week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. To learn more about rugby with Colton's 101 Rugby Podcast with exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, plus, best part is, the DNVR Rugby Podcast provides betting advice on the Super Rugby that starts up here in the next month at the end of February, conveniently when football season finishes. Head over to AmericanRaptors.com to score your free tickets or to stream their games. All of that and more can be found on AmericanRaptors.com. All right, Kevin, one of my favorite articles that you've written in the past few weeks is something that Harold Reynolds from MLB Network has been passionate about, something that I'd I'd heard rumblings about in the past. You know, it still has a long way to go until this goal and this dream comes to fruition. But there is a stadium in my former state of New Jersey that has got some funding coming down the pike. And it has some type of historical implications as well as implications for possibly a future Field of Dreams type game. Yeah, I I think it would be so cool. And I was going to ask you, you know, how far away this was from your old stomping ground. That was one of the cool things is that this uh, this former Negro League stadium had fallen into such disrepair. And a group is bringing it back. They're going to build apartments and hotels around it. It's really going to be like a centerpiece. And, And as you mentioned, Harold Reynolds has gotten so behind bringing a MLB game to this as a field of dreams. And I think it would be such a perfect connection as far as highlighting the Negro leagues and everything that has uh, gone on that MLB has done to try to raise up that stature and remind people of the great players that they were and, and highlight that along with kind of bringing in the new uh, aspect of marketing and everything else that MLB needs so desperately right now. Yeah. It really brings together these, these two concepts of, trying to get the game in places where you don't typically see it, but also honoring the history of baseball and honoring the Negro League. So Hinchliffe, Hinchliffe Stadium, you want to say Hinchcliffe, but no, it's it's Hinchliffe Stadium. Uh, as there we said, go. Patterson, New Jersey, it's, it's a tongue twister. It opened in 1932. It hosted games by the New York Black Yankees and the New York Cubans. And it's it's fallen in disrepair, uh, hasn't you know really seen the light of day since 1997. And so this is going to be huge for the community because all of Patterson is, is it's not a great area. It's about, you know, an hour from, from where I live. It's was never a destination. It was never a a place that I really knew too much about. That's one of the interesting wrinkles with the Negro leagues now being part of the major leagues. I understand the argument of, Hey, they already were the major leagues and the, the, the national Negro league didn't need major league baseball and doesn't need major league baseball to give it its blessing as, as some kind of major league. And that's absolutely correct. But the nice thing about this is it's going to make information. It's going to make research and really bring to light so much more of what happened in the Negro leagues. That is kind of hard to get and hard to 
find out about. Now on Baseball Reference, you can even go so far as to see similar players with Colorado Rockies of, of present and past and say, hey, I, I don't know too much about this guy. He played for five seasons for the Indianapolis Clowns, whatever it may be. And so I, I think it's going to make it a lot easier for people to make those connections for, uh, with the Negro Leagues and, and Negro League players. And, and I think this is a good start to say, hey, you know what? We've got a, a real field of dreams. We don't have to fake and facilitate and need a movie. It's it's right here, yeah. a, a different kind of a field of dreams, a, a, a dream for the Negro League players and for their friends and family and, and that entire community. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of meaning to that. And and you're right. I, you know, the, the Buck O'Neills, I mean, all, all these players that, that were so great in the Negro Leagues that didn't get recognized until later on, uh, they, they don't need MLB's blessing. They were amazing baseball players in their own right. And, and it's a shame that they never got to display it for their current generation to see. But I think now that we're past, you know, that being a part of baseball reference, as you said, and everything else, I think it's important for this next generation of baseball fans to really appreciate that there was a time that, as you said, that was a field of dreams. They were hoping to be recognized by MLB at that time. They were hoping to be a part of that. And I think it's important that we never lose sight that there was a time that not everybody was treated equal and we cannot repeat those mistakes again. Yeah, there are actually five other stadiums that they're still up in, in some shape or form that could also get the same kind of treatment, either from MLB or at least from their surrounding communities to renovate these, you know, living museums, really. League Park in Cleveland, Cooper Stadium in Columbus, Ohio. So you got two right there. Go up to, to Michigan, just outside of Detroit, Hamtramck Stadium. In Jacksonville is J.P. Small Memorial Stadium and the one Negro League stadium that's still in use, Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama. And that I would actually almost prefer a field of dreams and honoring the Negro Leagues for a game to be in Birmingham, Alabama, because, again, New Jersey is right there by New York. That's OK. You know, you can you can take off that box and say an MLB game has been in New Jersey, but Negro League games have already been there, uh, obviously, in, in that capacity. So I think having a game to a place like Alabama yeah. in the South would be fantastic. And they've taken really good care of Rickwood Field. It's been around for 110 years. They, The Birmingham Barons, uh, the AAA affiliate for the White Sox, they play a game there once a year, Rickwood Classic. So the stadium has has been taken care of really well. They, they wear throwbacks similar to the Birmingham Black Barons who are a charter member of the Negro Southern League. And so I think, you know, you could you could do that sooner than later. You don't even have to wait for the renovations. You could go down to Alabama and make that your, whether it's a, a Field of Dreams type name, I don't know if you even need to have that name on it. It could be Rickwood Classic. You know, you could just honor the Negro Leagues and, and come up yeah. with something unique. But you could, you could do that tomorrow if MLB wanted to do that. That's a great idea. And, and it's also something that we know Birmingham was so important in the civil rights movement and everything else. So it lends itself very nicely to having something there. And again, highlighting the, the history of the Negro Leagues. I, I think that's a fantastic idea. It's got me thinking and, and something that came out in the news on Thursday about this next World Cup. They, they're not going to have it in the summer. They, they had to move it to the winter because it's going to be in Qatar and the guys would melt to death. Uh, if they were out there in the summer heat there in, in Qatar, but they've got something it's called stadium nine, seven, four for really 974 different shipping containers were used to build it. It's also the international dialing code for Qatar. And it's going to be a stadium that they can dismantle and reassemble elsewhere. That was, you know, soccer is soccer's got some serious issues to say the least. And having these large world cup size stadiums in Qatar, that, will never be used again because there's not going to be a pro league that magically you know sprouts up from hosting the world cup they're going to dissemble them and say hey let's let's make sure this can be reused again i think they're going to be bringing some to asia some to africa and so it, it's a, such a novel idea i know baseball has kind of done that a little bit the field of dreams originally in in dyersville i thought that stadium was supposed to stay up and i think some of the stands they've they're moving it away and, and they're putting it in storage, I think. So it's kind of a, a temporary facility. I know that game down in North Carolina at Fort Bragg had a similar situation. But if you could just kind of 
break down and reassemble a stadium that it would hard to really give it its own vibe. It would just be, it would just be a generic ballpark. But if you could do that, what are some places in Colorado that you could host a cool little one-off game that again, you, you could do this for, for any number of reasons, but you could bring the stadium. It's almost like a traveling circus, right? A traveling carnival. You name the place. Where would you like to see a major league game in in Colorado since, Hey, all you got to do is plug and play with this Lego stadium. (laughs) That's, that's a really interesting one. I mean, I wonder if you could do something up at Rocky mountain national park with it, uh, do something up in the the middle of that to highlight a national park. I think that'd be fantastic if it wouldn't uh, hurt the ecosystem too much, but that would be a really cool thing. I don't know if you'd have to like lay out, you know, the ground nice and flat for all the, the, the stadium and, and, and the bleachers and whatnot. Then again, if you survey the land and you say, well, look, we can only erect bleachers on the first base side, whatever it is. Okay, fine. Have a game. Rocky Mountain National Park. Like you said, highlight that. Uh, yeah. Royal Gorge would be interesting to say the least. Again, it's more about, you know, I don't know that you would necessarily have a, have a great view because, again, we're talking about a gorge. It's the same thing with the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon, you look down into it. You don't have a view of it. You know, you, you just look at it essentially. So that would be true of the Royal Gorge, but it would really bring to light all kinds of, you know, national conservation, fire prevention. Obviously we've, we've been dealing with that here right in our neighborhood for a while. I think it would be, if you want really great views, Telluride. Oh man, absolutely. People would flip out if you had a game there. I can see that. Now that would be amazing to do something. And if you could figure it out, yeah, you figure out a a ski town classic or something like that. And you have an Aspen Vale, Breck, Telluride and move it around. That would be so cool, man. Absolutely. And of course you'd have to do this the right way because there are people cringing me like, Oh my God, you know what the traffic would be like right. in a small town, like Telluride. And you're like, okay, well it's going to be limited to, you know, however many seats and there would be a lot of logistics. I think one place that it could work better than any, and it would be a nod towards Colorado's history would be Leadville. You know, there was a team that was in Leadville for a period of time. Again, you, we, we saw how much people enjoy the home run derby and the all-star game, the story of home runs flying around at altitude in Denver. I think you can play around with that in, in so many different ways. There's still plenty of land out in Leadville that you could go if you needed to kind of flatten something out and, and create a new park there. That would probably be the perfect thing that, that ticks off all the right boxes. That would be very cool. And, and I know it's not Colorado, but, you know, let's, maybe a little Casper trip, pay a little homage to the ghosts. You know, I, I think something like that would be a really cool thing as well. Piggybacking off of that, raising awareness for Native Americans and the Navajo Nation. You could go to the Four Corners. You could have a game, again, not literally, because there is only one spot there. There is a location. Have you ever been to the Four Corners before? I have. I have. It's really wild. It is. It's very crazy to stand literally in four places. at once but you could have it in that general area that that's certainly again anything that's going to bring awareness like you know again the field of dreams thing was was great and and what i'm going to say now is isn't a knock but you can use the power of baseball for some good not just for the good of baseball but for the good of again raising awareness um for something and having these games in some unique locations north dakota south dakota again on some kind of tribal land that i think that could be interesting if done well if done it has to be done almost perfectly but there is potential for that and and i think your point about birmingham a little bit ago was really important because it's somewhere that doesn't get the major league action that often so it would be a huge draw and, and I think we've got to go to the the Iowas, the Dakotas, the Wyomings, the the Alabamas, those places that don't have Major League Baseball. If you really want to grow the game, you're going to have to at times bring the game to the people. Especially when you've done the exact opposite of grow the game in recent years by reducing the amount of minor league teams from 160 to only 120. And so everything that was out in the Pioneer League is gone. You know, you've got the, the Appalachian League which, you know, ticked off a bunch of boxes as far as, you know, Tennessee and, and Kentucky, that that entire region, North Carolina as well. So I think having some representation there would would really go a long way. And, you know, again, just to highlight the beauty of 
of baseball in America. So you've got a, a lot of great spots like that. You could even go over to Europe. Is Europe the next spot where we could start to see more of those games? London series was yeah. supposed to get off the ground and there was plans. I think it might've been Cubs and Cardinals yep. for the second year. Didn't happen. Now Cubs and Cardinals will actually get the field of dreams game for 2022. Do we have more games in London or, or do we try to branch out? Have some games on a base in Germany, something like that. You know, our, I think our friends that run the France Rockies Twitter side would say, bring it on to France. You know, I mean, it's been really cool to see, you know, and you've seen it as well, because you interact with with these folks who are overseas, just like I do. And and all these accounts that are in Great Britain and in France, uh, you know, we, we've got uh, a couple of Twitter followers in Germany. You know, I mean, it, it's cool to see the baseball that's over there. And of course, our friend Nikki, we cannot forget our friend Nikki. Uh, you know, he's sitting here right now going, why are you not even thinking about bringing this to Austria? Bring it on. We are ready for it. And he'd probably have some pretty good mountain backdrops for a game as well. I'm just guessing. Yeah, that that would very, very much be. A, well, Rockies, there you go, because exactly. whenever you whenever you have these kind of premier one off games, again, the major markets, you understand why that happens. But you get a game over in Austria. You got to have the Rockies there for that. That would be perfect. You could turn into the Colorado Alps for one game, you know, or something like that. I mean, hey, why not? The Alpies. <laughs> the Alpies. There you go. There I you like go. <laughs> I think that's got legs. That that certainly could work. I know uh, Euro Disney's over in, in France. So, hey, I'm telling you. You could get that done. Absolutely. That No, I, I do think that there's a lot of opportunity for baseball to grow on a global scale. You know, we know. We know how hot it is in the Caribbean. We know how hot it is in Asia. You know, there's a lot of places where I think Major League Baseball could go and grow the game on a global level. Yeah, they. that's a great point because, you know, they have the Japan series, which, you know, they haven't done for, for a little while. I think they even took like an eight-year break at one point, but it was every two years, I think in the late 90s, early 2000s. Then it became every four years. And so obviously with the pandemic, they're not able to do that. But you really could branch that out and spread that out to somewhat more of a, of a global worldwide type trip. You don't have to literally go to every continent, but you know, players sign up for that play. They, they get some really talented players that want to do that because it's, it's for their family to go travel. The demands, the physical demands aren't quite the same. It's, it's in the off season. And so look, if, if I go over 16 on this trip, it's not the end of the end of the world. So you you could get creative. Spalding did a trip like that in the in the late 1800s. Even through had someone throw a baseball over the Sphinx. I don't know that you could get away with doing that today. <laughs> but let's let's bring even an exhibition game in the off season to a place like Africa, South Africa, yeah. Egypt, something like that. That's a, a great way to to try to grow the game. I don't know how much it moves the needle exactly, but I I think it would it would be interesting. It it combines the hobbies that we like, it, it combines the baseball and it combines learning about other cultures, other nations travel. And so anytime you can combine two things you love, it, it's, it's really the uh, match made heaven. It's, it's like collecting sports cards, right? It's, it's anything that you can bring to baseball. I feel like baseball and video games, you know, you're playing Ken Griffey junior baseball on, on Sega Genesis and, and all these other you know, Nintendo 64, I should say, but anytime you can combine, you know, two loves, it, it, it's a, it's a guaranteed Home run, dare I say. Dare you say. Well done. All right. Finally, Jose Canseco. Do you like him or not? I got to know because he had a tweet on Christmas that was interesting. I and love it. I'm always curious about people, how people feel about Jose Canseco. He seems pretty irrelevant for he, the most part in the last, I don't know, five, 10 years. Yeah. I don't think much about Jose Canseco until I see a tweet come across. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's a good article right there, actually. Yeah. So. That's about the only time that Jose crosses my mind, I admit. Were you a fan when he was a player? Oh, the, how could you not be a fan of the Bash Brothers? Absolutely. When he and McGuire were smacking them all over the place, absolutely. And, of course, you know, the, the outfield incident uh, with the knocking the, uh, the ball off his head. I mean, how can you not love the guy? Come on. Yeah, he's awful <laughs> defensively. And first, first position player, well, he was really a DH at that point, but first hitter to be an all-star for the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, there you go. How about that for our, our random fun fact? There's a whole lot of guys that you could say, did you remember they were Tampa Bay Rays? You know, and that would probably be a pretty interesting series, actually. Very true. Yeah, no, I, I was a huge Jose Canseco fan as a kid growing up, and he's an interesting character. He just needs to get out of his own way because what he was able to do in that book, Juiced, he helped advance the story a lot. Now, his motives were obviously 
pretty negative. Uh, and, and we're really just, he's going after the bag, but he helped really advance the story of performance enhancing drugs in baseball in, in a major way. And so, you know, I understand why some people might not want to give him a lot of credit for that, but look, he's a follower. So I got to be nice not to brag just to, be fair, <laughs> to be fair. He follows 15,000 people. So I don't know how I got through. Hey. He, we hasn't, we haven't engaged. Uh, I had some tweet about him a couple of years ago and got the big follow ski. And I'm like, well, I've made it. I, That's pretty cool. A guy who's starting lineup. I have, you know, as a kid growing up, like you said, yeah. one of the bash brothers, the A's was, it was my little league team uh, when I played T-ball really. Cool. So, I did. And I invited him on the podcast too. If you remember, I don't know if it was before the pandemic, but he was like doing like a barstool boxing match. Oh, I remember that. That's right. And I'm like, yeah. Hey Jose, you want to come on and, uh, and, and talk about this? We'll, we'll pump it up. Why not? I got I got to shoot my shot and no response. I got, he's still following you. He didn't block you or anything. So, Hey, no, no. I, I, if you want to talk about great bets, you know, great bets you would want to make a story. Does he move to second base? What team does yeah. he sign with? hundred percent chance. I'm just on mute. <laughs> that's fine by me though. You I know look. What? All right. Better than the unfollow man. I'm telling you. That's right. That, that would be uh it wouldn't be heartbreaking, but it just, it, it yeah. is what it is. Kevin, any other things you're working on uh, for folks to check out? I mean, it almost, I should let everybody know just about all the topics that we discussed today, you know, our courtesy of, of articles that you've written, both on Rocks Pile as well as Call to the Pen over on Fansided. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Now, uh, one of the biggest things that I'm working on right now is uh, where's Nelson Cruz going to end up and looking at some teams that could use him. So uh, that'll be on Call to the Pen by, by the end of the week. And it seems like the, you know, uh, the New York Mets just keep giving us great stories to write about. So uh, uh, while the Rockies have been a little quiet, uh, there's there's some other baseball teams that I've been writing about. But I will give a quick shout out to our, to our man, Noah Yingling. Uh, he's been writing some good stuff uh, for Rockspile about trade targets and looking at every team in the majors. So uh, big kudos to him for keeping that going. And, and I'm just trying to supply some you know, hey, when was the last time the Rockies did so and so? And using our, our good thing, the stat head that you and I uh, dig into every once in a Love while. It. So, never a bad thing, man. Love it. Make sure you're following Kevin and Noah over at Rockspile FS on Twitter. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. We are at DNVR underscore Rockies. Remember, 50 cents for your first month at DNVR.com. So, for DNVR Sports, he's Kevin Henry. I'm Patrick Lyons. And this has been a good one, but you know what they say, momentum is only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we'll see you then.